You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog mostly daily over at aslobcomesclean.com as Noni. Noni is short for anonymous, and that's my chosen name because that's where I talk about my deep, dark secret, which is that I am a slob. Um... When I say I'm a slob, that means I've accepted who I am, but it doesn't mean I've accepted that my house has to be a disaster all the time. It just means that I have to come up with ways that work for my family and my home to keep our house under control so that we can live in it and enjoy it. Um, This is podcast number 18. I've taken two weeks off, not really intentionally, but I've had a lot going on. Um, And I just want to make sure I thank those of you who have emailed to let me know that the last several podcasts... Uh, We're too quiet. I think I have figured it out, but just in case uh, this podcast still doesn't have great sound, uh, make sure that you email me. I appreciate any feedback feedback that I can get because I am not a technical person, and so I'm just kind of doing what I know to do, but I will try to figure it out and get things better, and I hope this is better. So like I said, this is podcast number 18. Uh, I will put show notes up with this podcast. Um at aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts. Um, you can click on podcast number 18 for the things that I mentioned within this, po- within this podcast. Um, but just in case you get there and I haven't specifically linked to podcast number 18, there is already a link within that page that will take you to all of my podcasts and that will have podcast number 18 there at the, within that. So this podcast is going to be about clothing clothing as clutter specifically decluttering clothing. Yeah. Um, I didn't say decluttering closets because that's a whole nother thing. Cause I don't know about you, but my closet has a lot more than just clothing in it, but we're going to specifically talk about clothing, which I will fully admit. And I've talked about a lot on my blog, very openly and shown pictures uh, that I struggle with this because I like clothes. I wouldn't say that I'm a fashionista by any means, but I do sure like to have clothes. And so we're going to talk, which I mean, you should be glad for that. But anyway, um, we're going to talk specifically about decluttering clothing. Uh, and we will get into that in just a minute. Um, also wanted to make sure that you know that at a slob slash connect, you can find me, um, on all my social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Google plus, everywhere, all over the place. Um, and, uh, I would love for you to join me, um, in different places on Facebook. We are now 
over 43,000 Facebook fans, which is just kind of crazy. And I hope what that does, I mean, first of all, it makes me excited because, wow, you know, people are uh, getting kind of into the craze. But um, I hope that what it means for people is that we can see that we're not alone in this. I really, truly, as I've said before, I really, truly believed that I was the only person in the world who struggled like I did. And I've constantly been amazed as the blog has grown to find out that I'm definitely not the only person. And 43,000 is just kind of a, kind of an encouraging number to know that at least that many people, you know, weren't embarrassed to click like on a slob comes clean, even though that's a horrible, awful word that I do hate, but, um, but I'm glad that I've used it. So I've talked about that in previous podcasts. If you're just following on this one, if you want to hear my slob story, basically my whole background, um, go to those first six or seven podcasts. And, um, I tell that story within there. So Okay, let's start talking about clothing. Um, as I said, I've taken two weeks off, uh, so I'm not going to go back through all of the things that I've written about in those couple of weeks, but uh, specifically two posts that are clothing focused that I do want to mention. Um, just this week, I wrote a post called Two Brown Cardigans, and it basically was about, um, you know, I took my mother-in-law to the mall a couple weeks ago, and... Um, I thought I was dressed okay, except that I had on my droopy jeans, the ones that fit when you first put them on. And then they're totally like too loose to even stay up in an hour after they've stretched out. So by the time I got there, they were totally stretched out. And I thought I was okay because I had on a brown cardigan that was going to hide everything it needed to hide. And yet it didn't um, because it kept falling open in the front. It was just one of those slippery kinds and it just didn't work with my shape very well. Um, So I was extremely uncomfortable the whole entire time because I was trying to push her wheelchair and hold my jeans up with one hand. And just so you know, it's really hard to push a wheelchair with one hand. Um, But anyway, so I I got home and it's like I hadn't even realized that I had recently bought another brown cardigan which I love. I mean, it falls perfectly. It's soft. It's lovely. And when I realized I had two, the obvious thing was to get rid of the one that wasn't good. I mean, it didn't, didn't do its job that it was supposed to do. And I had two, I didn't need two. And yet for some reason for my brain and evidently for the brains of a lot of people who commented on that post, sometimes it's hard to be rational about that because you want to think, well, but but what if one's dirty and I need it? Oh, I need, you know, I don't need two brown cardigans. But what cracked me up in that post was how many people, and maybe it's you and I'm not laughing at you because I totally understand, but a lot of people wanted to say, or did say, but they're two different shades of brown. And I thought, you know, that is so me. That's so me to rationalize why I should keep it instead of having to prove to myself why I should keep it, if that makes any sense. Because the truth is the one that I got rid of, it wasn't, it didn't fit me right. It it wasn't, um, a comfortable thing to wear. The one I kept was very comfortable, but for some reason it's easy for me to say, you know what? They're two different shades. So maybe, maybe I'll need them. But, um, as we're going to talk about today, it helps me to just get rid of clothes. I know I have too many clothes. I mean, that's just a fact. It's, it is. I mean, it's really a first world problem that I know is a ridiculous problem to even have, but I have too many clothes. So I have to look for reasons and, um, opportunities to get rid of things. And so that's what I'm doing. So, 
Um, other things that were clothing related, I wrote a post called three ways to declutter ripped or stained clothing. My husband, I was very proud of him, but we, uh, decluttered the kids' rooms, uh, when they were off school one day and, uh, he got into the spirit of things and he went in and, um, got his, um, I'm sorry, hold on. He went in and he started going through his t-shirts. I'm pretty sure there were some t-shirts in that pile that he ended up getting rid of that I had put in the trash at some point and he had pulled back out because it was a mowing shirt or whatever, you know, he's going to wear that for yard work. Well, he came in and he said, can I get rid of this? And I just looked at his face and I thought, I totally understand what he's going through right now. No, I have no emotional attachment to his holy, um, t-shirt that, you know, from youth camp 30 years ago, whatever. Um, I don't have that personal attachment, but I have personal attachment to my own clothes that I have to, you know, go through. So I saw him in his face. He was looking at it thinking, I probably should get rid of this. So we talked through it and we said, okay, how many shirts do you honestly need for mowing? And he said, well, you know what? Sometimes even when it takes me two days to do a big yard job, I'll often wear the same shirt the second day. Cause I don't want to get another one dirty. And I said, okay, then you probably don't need 15 mowing shirts. Right. And, uh, you know, we had, to, we talked through it and he was willing, he got rid of a huge, pile of old t-shirts, t-shirts that didn't fit right. Or, you know what? I really just honestly never choose to wear this. So I was really proud of him. Um, because I know it's been a struggle for me, but as I talked about in an earlier podcast about husbands and decluttering, and sometimes it's frustrating when other people are attached to their stuff that you don't understand. Uh, but really I'm a big believer in declutter your stuff first, which is what I was doing and the kids and I were doing, and then as he saw that, then he was encouraged to go and, you know, get rid of his own stuff. So anyway, but as he did that, you know, he was like, well, what do I do with it? Because he had some shirts that I don't know how it happens, but it seems like up around the, the neck, the collar, you know, not the actual, um, neck part, but you know, kind of below that his t-shirts often end up just threadbare and with holes in them. You know, it's like, what do you do with t-shirts when they get to that point? Because, I mean, let's just be honest, you don't want to donate. I mean, nobody's going to buy that in a thrift store. Let's just, you know, be realistic there. Um, but at the same time, what do you do? Do you just throw throw it in the trash when it's fabric? I mean, I know that that's a, a mental block that a lot of people have and that I have had to. I will say I, I don't think that's a bad thing. If you need to throw it in the trash to get it out, then go ahead and do that. But um, because that is a common kind of a stopping, you know, a paralyzing thing, not knowing what to do with it. Um, I wrote a post called three ways to get rid of ripped or stained clothing, because that is a legitimate, um, issue and concern that people have is they just don't know what to do. And then the tendency for me is to just not do anything because I don't know what the best thing is to do. So I'm just going to wait until somehow it's just going to like come to me in a big flash of light to know what to do. But anyway, that doesn't work very well. It ends up with clutter all over my house. So, um, I wrote this post because different ways that I have either found personally or that you as listeners and blog readers have um, shared, you know, different ways that you can get rid of stuff. First of all, um, it's important to note that many donation places, uh, charities actually want stained and ripped clothes. 
I have um, been told this by two. We, I live in a small town. We don't have a lot of donation places, but two different ones have specifically said to me, please bring us your stained and ripped clothing. Um, one of them was at a little ladies luncheon or something. She was talking about their ministry. Um, and she specifically made a point, even though she was talking about other stuff, she said, I just want to make sure y'all know that we really want your stained and ripped clothing because they sell it by the pound to rag makers, um, to, you know, people who, who do whatever, who make rags out of old clothing. So it really is all that whole recycling mentality that you so want things to not just go in the landfill. Um, a lot of these places, they have the access to sell and then they get the money for their, their charity or their ministry, whatever it is that they do, um, through that. So obviously if it really upsets you and you're thinking, Oh, I'm not sure my place does call them and ask them. Um, it'll take two seconds to call and ask and see if, if they do that. Okay. And maybe that'll determine which place in your town you're going to donate to is the place that will take the ripped and stained clothing. Um, but I specifically have had, like I said, two different people, a man came and picked up my stuff and, um, you know, we didn't even, we weren't talking about that. He was just picking up my, uh, donations. And he said, Hey, I just want to make sure you know that anytime you have ripped or stained clothing, we want it because we can sell that to the rag makers. Um, if you feel guilty about it, go ahead and separate that into a different bag and put a little label on it that says ripped and stained. Um, but the truth is, I mean, you know, we, we want to make it as easy for the volunteers as we possibly can, but they do have to go through everything. They have to, you know, pull it out of the bag and all that. So, um, you know, if it's a matter of it's going to sit around my house out of guilt versus, um, you know, I'm going to get it out of here, just go ahead and, and donate that. Okay. Um, the other thing, and this is something else that I do personally is making cleaning rags out of old jeans or t-shirts or really anything that, you know, is absorbent at all. Um, a lot of times there's messes that require, um, you know, a little bit more than just a, I don't know, whatever, but sometimes there's messes that, uh, you know, you can use that and then, you know, you're, you don't feel as guilty about either throwing it away or it's easy to rewash. You know, I've made homemade cleaning, cleaning wipes, um, out of, uh, for my kids to use where I just use a little bit of Dawn and a little bit of water and a little bit of vinegar, um, for them to clean the bathrooms. And those are pre-moistened. I just put them in a little, um, plastic, you know, old cool container or something. And, um, they can use that. And then it's a, uh, you know, either those things can be thrown away or they can just be thrown in the washing machine, whatever, and reuse those again. So that's another good thing to do. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. 
Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. Another place um, that several people had mentioned, and so I wanted to say this, was animal shelters. A lot of animal shelters, you know, they are, the funds that they have uh, generally don't get to go to any kind of dog toys or a lot of, you know, they, they, they need help. And so, um, specifically I've had people comment and say, you know, who help and volunteer at animal shelters that they need, they often will, you know, either line crates or, um, doggy carriers, things like that with old t-shirts, old sweaters, um, you know, and then they'll throw them away if they get, if they get dirty, but a lot of places can use that. Other things that you could do that people have mentioned in the comments of that post, it's really worth reading that. Cause I love some of the ideas that people had. Um, there's lots of different things, but one specifically was, um, you know, if you're crafty making dog toys out of, um, you know, old jeans and things like that, you know, to donate to either for your own dogs or to donate to animal shelters. Um, so there's lots of different ways that you can get rid of old clothes. Just don't, don't let your lack of ideas, you know, keep them in your home, which I know I'm a big idea person. So sometimes I think, oh, there's got to be a better way. But, um, so it helps me to know what it is that I can do with that. Okay. So let's talk specifically about decluttering clothing. As I said, I am preaching to myself here because this is a struggle. It's something I'm really working on. Um, Number one for me has been, uh, and this, I wrote about this probably in the second year of blogging, but after a full year of focusing on clutter and keeping my house under control and realizing so many things, it took me about a year to finally get to the point where I could accept that clothing can be clutter. 
because that just didn't make sense to me. For some reason, everything else could be clutter in my home. I could have too many dishes. I could have too much paper. I could have too many toys. But it just didn't occur to me that it was possible for clothing to be clutter because clothing is useful and you need it. I mean, really, you do. You can't walk outside of the house without it. I promise you really, really shouldn't do that. But um, you have to have clothing. It's not like you can just have one pair of jeans or one shirt um, and that's it and wear the same thing every day. I guess you could, except that, you know, things get gross and dirty and stinky. And so you have to have multiples of it. You know, when you have more people then you have to have it and kids, kids grow out of clothing all the time. And so it's always kind of a, I think it was a, um, kind of a safety net for me to feel like I had plenty and plenty of clothes so that if I got behind on laundry, which I always did, then I was always going to have something else that I, you know, could wear because I had plenty of clothes. Um, you know, to know that the kids, uh, had, you know, clothes for two or three sizes up from where they were so that whenever they grew out of something overnight, like they do, that I'd be able to have something, you know, when my, um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, we were in a rent house and, um, it was a really difficult time because nesting, I couldn't, I just had no desire to put effort into this rent house that we were in where we had all this stuff in the way. And I just, I really was resenting being there at the time because of just the situation of, you know, our old house not having sold. And then by the time it sold, um, all the other houses that would have worked in our small town were already sold. So it just was a, just kind of one of those transitional times in life where I was frustrated. And, uh, one of my ways that I nested was, um, buying baby clothes. Now that was great in that I got all of my baby clothes that we could possibly need for the first year for, you know, like 10 cents, 25 cents a piece garage selling. But knowing that I was having a girl, especially after two boys, I would buy, you know, two T and then three T and four T. And I finally said, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to buy more than three sizes up. So, I mean, I had the equivalent of three wardrobes worth. I mean, seriously, three different kids could be fine. Um, with the clothes that I had for my daughter, um, you know, for her next three years of life. I mean, that was kind of my, my rationale, but the truth was, um, laundry was always out of control. The clothes that we had, if they were all clean on a random rare occasion, then we didn't have any place to put them because, um, you know, everything clean, would, you know, be twice or three times as much as I could put in our drawers or in our closets or anything like that. So accepting that clothing is clutter. For me, this was realizing that anything, no matter how useful it is, anything that I have so much of that I can't keep it under control is clutter, even clothes. Okay. So that was a big step for me is to accept that and realize that. Um, Okay, the second tip that I have is basically the same tip I always give when I'm talking about decluttering, and that's to do the easy stuff first. But specifically with clothing, doing the easy stuff first means the stuff I've been meaning to get rid of anyway. You know, it's not like, um, you know, I usually give the example in the laundry room of, um, you know, you see the big, huge ladder that's really supposed to go in the garage, and that's the easy stuff is moving that to where it's supposed to go. But with clothing you know, everything is kind of where it's supposed to go. It's all piled up on the dresser because it can't fit in the drawers. But, um, 
looking at clothing and saying, okay, what have I been meaning to get rid of anyway? What have I thought, what have I seen 15 different times and passed over and not worn because I thought, you know what? I really don't like that. I need to get rid of it. But for whatever reason, I didn't get rid of it. And so, um, it's that easy stuff. It's the stuff that's ripped or stained or too small or too big, or like that Brown cardigan. It just, you know, that one was slippery. And so it just fell to the side and, um, you know, wasn't terribly flattering, uh, the way that I needed it to be. So, you know, it, it just, I don't wear that very often because I just don't like it. The things I've meant to get rid of, but I haven't, that's easy. It's not the stuff that I, you know, have to sit there and think, Oh, do I get rid of this? Do I keep it? Oh, you know, my life is going to be over because I can't decide. No, it's the stuff that's obvious, you know, Oh, you know what? I never wear that shirt because it has a hole in it or wow. I love that sweater, except that I don't feel like I can wear it because it has a stain on it, whatever, you know, things that, um, are obvious. That's the easy stuff first. Now, sometimes it can be very tempting for me to skip that easy stuff. First step for some reason, because it seems too easy and it seems too obvious. And when it seems obvious to me, I think, well, that is so easy. I'll do that later. But the truth is that doesn't ever work out well for me. This is one of those, okay, here's how I've done it for years and it didn't work. So I've got to figure out how to do it now. Um, but so, you know, instead of skipping the easy stuff, because that's going to be easy to do later, instead saying, I'm going to go ahead and start with what is easy. Okay. You know, and getting that done, because then what happens is it's less visibly overwhelming. You know, I mean, it's visually overwhelming when you have piles of stuff everywhere, but when those piles are smaller, um, and when you see a huge pile of stuff you're getting rid of, that helps build that decluttering momentum that I so desperately need in any project. Um, and the next big thing is to treat your drawers as containers, when I say drawers, I'm not talking like a Texan here. Um, in Texas, drawers can mean your undies. Anyway, um, but drawers like of your chest of drawers or your dresser drawers, you know, look at those as containers. And I know this is one of those things that now I look at and I think, oh my goodness, this is so obvious. Why didn't I get it? But the truth is, um, my drawers in my dresser are containers. They are established limits. Okay. I don't have to make some big decision about limits. The limits I have are the size of the drawers and the dresser that I have. I mean, that's how many clothes I can have without them spilling over. Um, and I realized this when I was going through a sock drawer and this took this, like I said, took me a long time to grasp, but you know, going through a sock drawer, it never made sense to me the whole, um, you know, take one out when you put one in. Well, it's because my drawer, my sock drawer was always overstuffed. It always had too much stuff in it. So there was no point in, um, you know, taking one out and putting another one in. So I just put another one in and never took another one out and it got more and more stuffed. But once I realized, okay, I can have as many socks as will fit in this sock drawer. That's all I can have. Okay. Then it kind of has this arbitrary, non-emotional limit that I'm then able to follow and it helps me. Um, and the truth that I have found is, um, there is such thing as, you know, dressers that have drawers that are way too small, 
But most of the stuff I have, as far as a kitchen, kitchen cabinets, um, closet, drawers, they're all big enough for me to have everything that I need. I mean, I really, truly have not found that if I, you know, pare down to just the socks that will fit in my sock drawer that I truly don't have enough socks. I pretty much do, especially as somebody who doesn't wear socks that much or who steals my husband's socks all the time. Sorry, honey. Um, but treating your drawers as containers, treating your closet as a container, that for me is big. You know, I'm like, if it's too stuffed full, then, you know, that's a recipe for disaster for me. Um, having less stuff works better with my personality. I'm able to manage it better. Um, but, uh, that's, you know, that's important to me is to look at that and say, this is my limit. My closet size is my limit. My drawer is my limit because for some reason it used to be that I would say, well, I don't have enough room in my closet. I need to buy, um, some clothing racks or something like that. Well, that just, you know, gave me more place to have be a disaster. But anyway, um, okay. And then the thing with, okay. So, I taught laundry. Laundry is a real issue because a lot of times the piles are of things that I wore for one hour and thought, oh, this really isn't dirty. So I'm going to lay it here as if that ever ends well. Anyway, um, but a lot of times laundry is part of the problem because laundry is so backed up that it's hard to, um, you know, it's hard to, to, think of decluttering when you think you've got to do all your laundry first. Now in the kitchen one, I talked about, you know, doing the dishes first so that you can have a realistic view of, you know, how much space you have in your kitchen for me. You know, how much space do I have in my kitchen? I really don't know until all my dishes are clean and I try to put them away and see, well, laundry can go forever. Um, and so, uh, you know, I had to tell myself, that the stuff that is in the drawer, if I have a ton of laundry that's dirty and waiting to be washed, those things are the things that I've chosen to wear. And the things that are still in the drawers are generally the things that I've passed over 15, 16 times. So if I can go ahead and, you know, do a load of laundry, but don't worry about getting all the laundry done first, if I can go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to go through my drawers and take out the stuff I don't love. You know, if I'm not excited about wearing, if I'd rather go and do a load of laundry than wear what's in this drawer, then probably I don't need to keep it. Okay. Um, and that helps me. And then as I'm, um, getting the laundry done and getting it under control, and I've talked before about my, my laundry routines. Um, I will link to that in the show notes for podcast number 18, but, um, As I do that, as I work on, um, getting my laundry under control, then as I put that laundry away, which is a part of my laundry routine that I've finally accepted over the last year, I guess, is that I have to put it away right away. Um, but as I'm putting that laundry away, then I can practice the one in one out rule, which is, you know, okay, so this drawer is full. It's my container. Um, as I put away this shirt that I'm excited is clean again, so I can wear it again. Well, you know, there's no room for it in this drawer. So I need to get rid of something that I like the least that's in there. Okay. To keep that drawer from then getting over full. So it's using basically all those same decluttering techniques that I've had to learn the really hard way in my own house, but applying those to, uh, to clothing specifically. 
Okay. Um, let me look real quick and see what time we're at. We're at 27 minutes. Um, okay. Children's keepsake baby clothes. Um, I am not going to tell you if you should have another child or not, because I know that's one of the questions I tend to get is, what do I do with baby clothes when I don't know if I should have another kid or if we're going to have another kid? I'm like, well, that's none of my business. Um, but, uh, you know, so we'll maybe talk about that another time. But for now, um, for me personally, when I realized that we were probably, you know, I'm not going to have any more children, um, I... Uh, you know, I, I, I struggle with, what do I do with these clothes? I mean, do you keep them? Cause they're all so cute. They all have so many memories. Um, but the truth was only certain ones made my heart just melt, you know? And so keepsake items, sentimental items, it helped me to just say, okay, can I keep one outfit? one very special. I remember how teeny tiny he looked in this. And I remember that every single time we were going to see somebody for the first time with our new baby, this is what I would put him in. You know, this was my favorite, favorite newborn outfit. And so I, you know, that's the outfit that I chose to keep out of uh, the other ones. And I really don't remember or miss the other ones. I might see pictures of him in it and think, oh, that's cute. But which ones, you know, and then my second child, it was this little Dallas Cowboys onesie, you know, that he just was such a little chunk in. And I just looked at him and every time I see that little outfit, I think, oh, that is the baby that I remember. I mean, that's what I picture in my head when I picture him as a baby. Um, so it's those memories, uh, you know, choosing one, can I keep one? Do I really need to keep a huge box full of these kids clothes, baby clothes, you know, when the truth is half of those are probably stained from, um, you know, that orange breastfeeding poop or whatever, you know I mean? What, what is it? Do I really need to keep all of those or, or can I get that same memories flooding back feeling from just one outfit, maybe two. Okay. Um, let's see. So that's my thoughts on that personally. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and end. It's at 30 minutes. Uh, thank you so much. As I said before, I really appreciate those of you who let me know that the other ones were not, loud enough. From what I can tell, I'm hoping these are going to be louder. Um, but let me know if for some reason it's, you know, you have technical difficulties or I'm having technical difficulties like that difficulties, please let me know. Um, so that I can work to improve that. And I thank you so much. I, if you've listened this long, hopefully you learned something. I would love it if you would, uh, leave a review in iTunes. Those reviews help people find this podcast. It's kind of weird how things work in there. Nobody knows exactly, but it seems that, um, when people leave reviews, that's, you know, those words that you use are words that people are going to be able to, uh, search and find this podcast. So I appreciate y'all so much. And again, you can go to a slob comes slash connect. And there you will find all of our, um, all of our social media channels, um, and connect with us all over the place. You can email me at a slobcomesclean.com or message me on Facebook and, um, also go to a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S to get the show notes from this show. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.